0: Hi, this is David Modders.
1: And I'm Aaron Harris of Star Wars Reaction
0: Podcast. And you're listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Great pull, kid. Caramass. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I like that better. Okay, Chop, stay here, just in case we need a backup. Hey! You found something. You found the Rebel Base Card Podcast.
1: What a piece of junk.
0: I'm your host, Greg McLaughlin. He's
1: as clumsy as he is stupid.
0: Join me as we discuss Star Wars trading cards and card collecting. We need a statement, not a manifesto. We'll talk about sets from the original vintage.
1: No, no, the one I'm pointing to.
0: All the way to current releases. This? Yes. All right, let's get started. Commence primary ignition. Welcome back, or if this is your first episode, welcome aboard. My name is Greg McLaughlin, and this is the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Good to chat with you once again, and uh, thank you very much for listening. Ingrid Hardy is back. Uh, She's been on the program a couple times before, and uh, she is working on a new Kickstarter for The Art of Sketch Cards, Volume 3. And if you've heard me talk about the previous two books, they are amazing. They go over a uh, history of sketch cards. They give a lot of examples, and uh, for those of you who are returning to collecting, or a longtime collector, these are kind of a must-get. So it was nice for her to come back on and talk to us. Uh, she's also got a new podcast she's working on, and uh, can't wait for you to hear the details on that. However, we do have a lot of news to cover tonight, and I can already hear Uncle Owen saying, I've got some work to do, so let's get into the homestead keeping before we get into the interview.
1: You can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Now, come on,
0: get to it. All right, we have a busy set of homestead keeping here. Um, leading off, I just want to say it's amazing that we're coming up on card number three hundred of the living set on Topps Online. Uh, this is a set that Topps introduced, uh, very similar to baseball, where you're going to have two cards that are basically, you know, sketch or art portraits of characters in the Star Wars universe. Uh, Chris Penix did it by himself for a long time, and we had him back on the podcast way on episode, I think, 13. Uh, But uh, Carlos Caballero uh, joined him last year, and they've been really putting out some great stuff. Um, It's exciting because we're up to 300, and, you know, sometimes, you know, a living set basically means it goes on until, you know, whenever. There's not necessarily an ending to it. Um, But it's really nice to kind of see how this set's gone on. A lot of great characters. uh, Some of them had more than one card. Uh, Some have kind of come in, you know, as shows have been released, and so this is something where every Tuesday um, you get two new cards that are released, um, I think with the 300th, because um, typically on that one, I would expect to see a checklist card as well. We've had a checklist card about every 100 cards in, and so I expect to see this next batch, uh, which would include card number 300 probably include a checklist card so if you like those as well it's kind of fun too and then you can kind of see what cards you are missing um, it would be in an it would have been an expensive set if you have got them every week for the last you know three years or whatnot um, I have a good chunk of them I don't have all of them uh, but you know what's nice also is that you can get these cards individually as well as the set uh, the, the, the set at during the week I think it's like a two card set for I want to say 11.99, or you can get one card for like eight bucks. Um, so sometimes, if you're looking after a particular character, you can kind of log in to Tops.com and kind of see what it is. And then um, I just usually choose like free shipping, and so it'll come out in about seven to ten days. Uh, get it in; it's packed really well. It's packed in a nice little plastic case, and it's done. The other nice thing is is that unlike saying trying to buy new product, you can get these, and they won't print until the order window is closed, which is a seven day period. So you're not going to be paying more unless you miss it, then you have to go on the secondary market, but uh, much like some of the other tops Now uh, cards that they'll offer, you, know, it's, you do have a limited time, but you're just paying retail price, which is very nice. Uh, something also you should uh, log on to uh, now and then and look at the Star Wars card uh, sets that they would sell. They'll sell a little bit of product, but usually it sells out, but uh, what's fascinating for me is always going back and looking at the manufacturer's suggested retail price of some of these, uh, hobby boxes and whatnot, um, as opposed to what they were selling for in the wild. So it's always one of those things a good reminder of what these cards were sold by, you know, were expected to be sold by tops for and what we're paying for at, at any rate. So congratulations to both Chris Penix and Carlos Caballero, uh, for hitting this, uh, big milestone. Uh, the last card that I saw it, um, we had a character from The Force Awakens, which my mind is uh, spacing out, but you had a really nice Han Solo frozen in Carbonite. Um, if you are listening to this podcast early, there's still a couple days left to get in on that, um, but it was a really, really nice one at, uh, at anyway, Um We got a release, um, some release details of the Book of Boba Fett. I'll talk about that here after I get done with Masterwork, which actually did release on April 8th. Um, We'll talk about that as well here in a minute. I'll give it its own breadth of segment. I'm real excited to see that one release getting into the uh, card calendar uh, of the year. Um, as far as Celebration is concerned, they did release more of the guests, and they released the opportunity for you to start buying autograph tickets and photo opportunities. Uh, this is something where there's anything, I think, from 40 to well over $100, depending upon... What guest you are looking to uh, get an autograph or a photo op with? Um, Another interesting thing, and if you follow enough Instagram accounts or Twitter accounts, uh, sometimes people go in on uh, photos together. Like you know, if you're going with a group or something, you can get. I think they allow you to have up to two people in a photograph with. So maybe if you're looking for that uh, little more expensive auto, you and a you and a buddy or friend can uh, split split the cost. And uh, both be in the picture with, and you pretty much have an Instagram post for life. Um, I, I see those all the time, but uh, more and more, you know, I didn't get an autograph uh, session in Celebration Chicago, but this one I'm kind of thinking about it because I'll be there um, for the Thursday and Friday, and uh, maybe there's enough time I won't be scrambling um, like I was in Celebration Chicago where I was there basically just for the day. So maybe there's enough time to get into a photograph or get into an auto line. Maybe, uh, maybe I'll convince. Uh, one of my friends to uh, hop in a, hop in a photo op with me. I was was kind of joking with uh, Gregory Cass from Ion Cannon Online. I said, "Well, if we were able to get uh, going on a group photo with uh, D, D. Bradley Baker, you'd have uh, two Gregs and uh, five or six clones uh, all in the same picture. I mean, and that, that's a bargain as far as I'm concerned. Um, we'll, we'll see what he thinks about the idea, but I'm, I'm pitching it, maybe pitching it hard. Of course, we got, you know Batch for Breakfast uh, coming later this year." Uh, and of course, when the Kenobi uh, series debuts on Disney Plus, unfortunately, it will be during Celebration. But uh, I think Greg Cass and I will figure out a way to do some, uh, get our questions in, and do a few episodes. Uh, it's only what a six episode uh, series, so um, it should be fun. And of course, it's going to debut during Celebration, so that's going to be, you know, so much is going to be going on. So you have all these podcasters, all the podcasts that you love listening to, and I love listening to. You know, we're all going to be scrambling. Uh, it's going to be really fun at any rate. Um, recently, I was able to uh, be a guest on the Reactions pod with both uh, Aaron Harris and David Modders. Uh These are the folks that did the Rebels reactions and Resistance reactions, and then they uh, changed course and just did reactions. Uh, they do a lot of great uh, episodes over there. David Motters has his uh, Psychology Corner. Um, it, it was a fun, fun uh, time to be on there with them. Uh, it was amazing. Turnaround too. Aaron had that thing cranked out uh, the next day. I was like, wow, I could I could pick up a couple of pointers from him as far as editing podcasts. Uh, but I also there was a sort of a little after show uh, where I rolled some tape, and here in a few weeks I will uh, throw out that episode. As we have a ton uh, of content that I have recorded that I need to get out. Uh, of course, you know we have Ingrid Hardy in this episode, uh, but I also interviewed uh, Dave Merrick. He is. Uh, Vice President of Marketing for the for minor league baseball team in New Jersey, the Somerset Patriots, and uh, we talked about um, not only Star Wars cards but some baseball cards, and uh, it was fun to uh, talk with a card collector uh, who actually works for a baseball team, and uh, they do their own cards as well. Speaking of which, we also have um, more custom cards are coming. Uh, as I've been incessantly posting on Twitter and Instagram, um, I am up to card twenty-seven. Uh, As this recording is at the printer, that is the checklist card for Series 3. So over the course of the last, what, 9, 10 months, um, I've put together three sets of cards. Uh, This normally would have been like one set per year, but uh, we finally got that project rolled on and it will be done. Uh, A lot of packs are already, swag packs are already um, put together. There will be more because I'm hoping to debut some of the Series 3 cards uh, at celebration and later on in, in some of the other cons as well, I have plenty of uh, series two, and uh, I have these combo packs which I also have a will have a ton of. And so if you see me at one of these cons, uh, hopefully I still have some on me, and then I can get you some of those. Uh, basically, just highlights of the of some of the shows, some of the guests, uh, some of the great uh, pictures I was able to get um, throughout that particular year, and they follow the sequence of the T.O.P.S. releases. So Series 1 was blue, uh, then there was red, and then this is yellow, Series 3 is yellow. Um, in 2022, uh, the pictures that I capture this year, the events, they will be for the uh, fourth set, they will be green, much like the uh, T.O.P.S. ones. And then uh, next year we'll go into the orange set, So and so on and so forth. We'll follow the designs of the original top sets. And so it's kind of fun. And like I said, it's a nice memento of what's happening through the year. It's kind of like these memories. And, of course, something nice that's also happening with this third set is that um, I was able to get some nice sketch cards from, uh, you know, Daniel Riverone, uh, Mikey Babinski, and uh, Kevin Munnings of Tus- uh, Tuscan Trader. Uh, they, they did some very nice uh, sketch cards that I'll be randomly putting in some of these Series 3 packs uh, that for that are for you to pull and enjoy and please post and support these artists uh, so it's kind of fun so if you haven't necessarily collected a ton of sketch cards or whatnot or you're interested about it or you're coming back into the hobby or you're just like Star Wars and go, what's this all about uh, this is a great introduction uh, to all the great work that goes into some of these cards that you see in some of the newer sets and you know dedicated to a lot of the hard-working folks that uh, work on these sketch cards uh, they don't make a ton of money off of it uh, but they do it because they love it. And, uh, you know, hopefully they get some commissions from folks who really want to uh, pursue their art and enjoy these unique one of one pieces. At any rate, um, coming up here in just a little over a month, we have the Chicago Non Sport Card Show. That is coming up uh, May 13th and 14th here in the Western Chicago Burbs. Um, I was invited to come out, I, I got to go on, on their fall show. And really had a great time. That was an episode we put out um, a couple of months ago. And I had you know, Kevin Cleveland, who was the guest artist. Uh, this spring show, they do they do them two a year. Uh, they'll have J. Lynn Warner, uh, who's done a lot of sketch cards for Upper Deck. He will be the guest artist. And uh, hopefully I'll be sharing a little bit of space with him and, and kind of plopping down somewhere and recording a bunch of audio and getting you a bunch of interviews, as well as uh, doing some... Uh, doing some non-sport card show shopping uh, to get some fill some of those holes in my collection so it's work and pleasure I think that's how I want to kind of label it as but if you're in that if you're in the area and um, that those dates are open uh, come up and see me I'm gonna have some swag uh, packs with me probably some pins and, and whatnot and I'll be looking forward to uh, talking with folks and getting out there that's gonna be real fun. hello there. This is Greg Cass at Ion Cannon on Twitter and Instagram, and you're listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Great pull, kid. Whoa. I have never seen anyone do... What was that? All right, so let's just run down some of the highlights of the 2021 masterwork. Once again, this is a high-end set. Uh, and It's pretty popular, and you usually release it in December, of course, because of COVID and all that. There was some delays in this. Uh, it's good they're getting it out now uh, because before Celebration because of some of the autographs uh, that I'll get into here in a moment. Um, the base set is a 100-card base set. It'd be really tricky to get that because the hobby boxes, which are where you get these in, the hobby boxes contain four mini-boxes. Uh, these are on 72-point stock. They're a really thick card, and so they don't really go well in binders. Uh, but you don't get a ton of base cards in these boxes. You know, they are bought mainly for the hits. So you figure if I'm going to get, you know, four mini boxes, you will get a hit per box. Um, what they're saying is, is that at least two autographs are guaranteed, with one at least being hard signed. Normally. You'll see uh, the autograph stickers on a lot of these cards. There are three insert sets uh, the Lucasfilm 50th anniversary, uh, the out of the box, which is kind of something if you were into Star Wars Card Trader um, a while back, you used to see these uh, shots of the uh, studio shots of the Kenner figures. They're on there, and famously, there was already an error one where they have a shot of the Obi Wan card. Um, But the figure is actually Anakin Skywalker from uh, before Anakin was changed from Return of the Jedi. Oopsie. But at any rate, and then you have Welcome to the Dark Side. Um, Typically, like with a lot of releases, you're going to have parallels, and uh, some of them will be numbered. On the base parallels, you have uh, blue, green, purple, uh, reds are numbered to only 25, oranges to 10, Black to fives, so there is a gold one of one, and of course, there are printing plates. Uh, for the parallels, for the inserts, uh, you've got some rainbow foils, uh, canvas, wood, metal, that's like up to five uh, gold, metal, one of one, and then, of course, printing plates as well. Uh, there are a slew of autographs, uh, like I said, some of them including on card ones. Uh, Some of them have frames on them. Some of those like little autograph uh, booklets that you see that kind of open up. Uh, There are parallels for those as well. Blue, rainbow, canvas, wood, silver, gold, and auto printing plates, which would fetch a pretty penny on the uh, secondary markets. Uh, Like I said, you'll have uh, dual, triple, uh, autograph, quad books, and a uh, says a twenty subject galactic autograph books. These are one of one. Uh, these are relatively new to the uh, to tops in the hobby. You'll have let's see some parallel autographs. Like I said, you're going to have some relics, sourced fabric costume relics. Uh, you'll have some postage stamp ones. You will have sketch cards. Uh, one of the things I always love is seeing the uh, sketch cards that are by, you know by the different artists that they will. Kind of on release day, which was April eighth, uh, you'll start seeing these ones that the artists have taken pictures of, and they've been holding on for to for a long time. Some of them, some of them that went into the sets, some of the returned artist proofs. So it's always fun on a release day to kind of see those ones show up on my Instagram feed and uh, on on Facebook as well as Twitter. Uh, it's always like nice seeing the artists work. Uh, you're going to have, speaking of sketch cards, you're going to have those panoramic sketch cards that kind of open up and so you've got two or three images perhaps on, on a folded card. Really, really nice. Um, like I said, the 100 card base set has people across the galaxy, every, you know, Poe Dammon, Ayla Sakura, Admiral Akbar, you know, Frog Lady, Finn, Shmi Skywalker, Tauntaun, Zori Bliss, you get it. Um, one of the nice things is, is that on the autographs, once again, it kind of runs the gamut. Uh, Ahmad Best, uh, you have Giancarlo Esposito, Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, Natalie Portman. Um, you also have Richard Blake, Rosario Dawson. You've got a lot of folks in there. D. Bradley Baker, and it's kind of cool because he's got autographs uh, of him with the, uh, the card having like Crosshair or Echo, Hunter, Captain Rex. Tech. I know uh, Mr. Daft Braun out there would like that one. Um, and Wrecker as well. Uh, so you've got a bunch of them. Uh, Hayden Christensen, Ian McDermott, you get the drift. Amelia Clark, really, really nice. Emily Swallow. So once again, when you're thinking about uh, some of these, like chasing some of these autos, whether you're trying to, you know, buy a box or you're chasing an auto on ebay consider the fact that some of these people are going to be at celebration and if you're able to get there well obviously celebration is not the cheaper way to go but you may get an in-person auto depends on what you're kind of looking for and speaking of autographs uh, there is the star wars autograph um podcast i'll put a link to it in a show it's, uh they do a very nice job and especially since we're getting into card season uh it's a podcast if you are an autograph chaser or this is your first convention or if you're getting back out in the world and you're kind of wanting to see some of these people, there are some great uh, tips that they have as well. Triple set autographs, quad autograph books. Um, there is a huge list, which once again makes this a very sought-after set. However, for the casual collector, it's, it's a hard in because these boxes, which the pre-orders sold out a little while ago, they were going for about $400 dollars. Considering that uh, Masterwork was about a $200 product here a few years ago, of course, everything was a little cheaper before COVID. Um, I am seeing some boxes go anywhere from three seventy five dollars on up to about $500 on eBay. Um, I wouldn't be also surprised if you will see some people buy these boxes and then break up and sell the individual mini boxes. Uh, Those were something that back in the day might have gone for, you know, 50, 60 bucks. I would probably expect to see maybe about $100, but if you're looking for, you know, if you're kind of looking for an in for Masterwork, that's not a bad way to go. Uh, you get a few cards, you'd probably get a hit, whether it be a, you know, a sketch or a relic or an auto. Um, it'd be a fun little box to chase. Uh, something that I have done in the past where the problem I have with Masterwork is, is that it, since it's a really thick card, it's... Really hard for me to, you know, I can't really stick it in a binder. So sometimes what I've done is gone after certain autos. Like I think I went after some resistance autos um, a few years ago, and that was kind of fun to chase. Or if you're chasing a particular person or character, um, I, my suggestion would be to go to the secondary market and keep an eye on those cards because a lot of them are going to start showing up. Um, you will see the breaks and the breakers now, especially if you're on a Facebook group or you're seeing, you know, if you're following these breaker sites, they will be busting these apart and looking at them. Uh, sometimes if they're getting in on those, you know, razes or whatnot, you can do that. Or you can wait about a week or two and you're going to start seeing a lot of this stuff show up on eBay as folks who bought in not only at uh, Hobby Boxes or even Cases, um, staggers to mind to think what the price of a case would have been. Uh, but some of these cards will show up And uh, if you can kind of hold out a little bit, uh, you might be able to catch an auto or a particular card or character at a bargain or a relic or even sketches. Sometimes they show back up on the secondary market. Uh, You know, COMC would be another one, uh, just in case you're kind of curious. And so that's what I'll kind of do. But I'm really happy to get this set out because it does, you know, there are several... Sets that we've talked about over the last couple, you know, couple three weeks that we have done our last few shows rather that um, I've been kind of waiting for and getting we've been seeing a little bit of these details trickle in, so this is good to get it out of the way because you know we still have bounty hunters, you know, we're going to have more chrome come out this uh this year, and of course, um, details came out about the uh, Book of Boba Fett set, which is going to release late in the year, uh, but it's an exciting set, and I'll get into the details here in a moment.
1: I'm glad you're here to tell us these
0: things. Chewie, take the professor in the back and plug him into the hyperdrive. This is Rodney Roberts, a.k.a. The Art Nerd. With two R's in the word nerd. And also of Meanwhile the Podcast, and you're listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Great pull, kid. Alrighty, and we did actually receive some additional information on the 2022 tops star wars the book of boba fett release uh, that should be coming out later this year and uh, it looks really nice as well Um, typical 100 card base set and when i'm looking at the card design it really reminds me of the mandalorian sets Uh, so it's very much in that same vein Uh, there's not a full checklist yet Uh, but as far as the parallels once again kind of following that very similar vein Uh, blues, purples, greens, bronzes, silvers those are 25, golds to 10, blacks 101 and metal. Uh, We do have some insert sets Uh, looks like we have aliens and creatures um, I'm really kind of digging uh, some of the sample images that I've seen on Cardboard Connection. I know Beckett also had a lot of great information as well. They had some of the images from the sell sheet from Tops. Uh, there was a nice concept art insert set. Uh, ooh, Boba Fett's Arsenal deals with all the equipment. And you have a Heroes and Villains set. Um, I really, really like that there's a great uh, Garza Fwip, uh card image that I see here on Cardboard Connection. Uh, so the inserts also have parallels. And these are numbered from anywhere from 99 up to the printing plates, one of one. So you have red, bronze, silver to 25, gold to 10, black one of one, et cetera, et cetera. We also have some autographs, sketch cards, and relics. Um, Although they don't have the full checklist, I did see a nice image of a Tamora Morrison as Boba Fett one, really, really nice. The autographs themselves, of course, also have parallels. So you have red, green, bronze, silver. Gold, black, and uh, printing plates for autos. Something once again very, very tasty. We've got some dual and even triple one of one autographs. Uh, so those on the dual ones, you have like you have a gold to ten, you also have a black one to one. We have some sketch cards yet, and hopefully we'll be seeing at least some teases from some of the sketch card artists who are going to be working on that set, um, so we can start kind of get it guessing uh, who got in on it. Um, we also have some memor- memorabilia cards. We have some sourced. Uh, fabric relics as well as prop relics as well. and uh, those I think are some of them are numbered bronze, silver, gold and black 50, 25, 10 and uh, up to 10 and then one of one. Uh, right now they are estimating this at around November 23rd uh, and looks like the configuration is going be like basically eight cards per pack, seven packs per box box 12 box per case. So it might take a uh, more than one, to get a base set, but um, hopefully by then, um, like I said, I'm kind of really bullish on later in the year, as maybe some of these prices may come down, as everybody kind of gets going again, and we get card collectors out there, and maybe we can have some prices stabilize, and uh, be able to chase this set, but this is one I'll be pretty excited about, I mean, we have a lot of uh, great ones, we have another Galaxy set uh, this year, so... If I was looking at the releases once again, and I have some of this on the on the show notes as well. If I kind of look at it, here we go. Yeah, we still have a Chrome Black. Uh, there's a Chrome Galaxy, and then of course there'll be Masterwork 2022. Um, I expect that to be in December. So um, at any rate, exciting stuff. We still, like I said, we still have the Bounty Hunters um, coming up. We, we should probably have an online set for May the fourth. Um, that might be on eBay as well as they have in the past. Um, there's also a Finest Star Wars Finest. It'll be a Chrome one. Uh, really, the there's only been two other Finest sets: 2018 and 1996. So a lot of good cards coming out. Masterwork is out now. Um, it's gonna be really hard uh, to buy a lot of new product between now and Celebration because you know we're all saving those pennies. But once uh, once Memorial Day and Celebration's in the books and we've recovered. Uh, probably be spending the rest of the year saving up for some of these other releases. And anyway, of course, you know we've got still a calendar of shows. Um, in addition to the Chicago Non-Sport Card Show and Star Wars Celebration, there is Joliet Star Wars Day. That's in June 4th. Uh, Scarif Con, Dominic Pace will be back here in Rosemont at uh, Murray's Caddyshack. Uh, July 23rd, um, the Red 5 Network and myself will be out there. Uh, we have C2E2, oh my gosh, August 5th through 7th. So if you haven't had enough, uh, that, that's amazing Or it's going to come up in two of them in less than a year. That'll be August 5th and 7th once again. And then there'll be the Fall Chicago non-sport Card Show. I don't have dates for that yet, but I expect uh, once we get through the May show, they'll probably be working to uh, schedule that one out. So plenty of opportunities to get out there and spend your spend your pennies. Hopefully you got a little tax return or maybe the uh, what you have to owe the Uncle Sam wasn't that much, so you can save a little bit for the cards. And, and the uh, assorted Star Wars collectibles but the uh, the swag packs right now they're free, so find me <laughs> alright, let's get into my interview with Ingrid Hardy and I'll see you on the other side this is Brian Winerti from the Talking Bay 94 podcast and you are listening to the Rebel Base Card podcast, great pull kid we're in attack position now sir, hold here we're not going to attack I have my orders from the Emperor himself he has something special planned for me we only need to keep him from escaping I was curious first how you've been doing and uh, you know, holding up I know we're in a nice lull from the pandemic, but how has the last you know several months been on yourself since we talked?
1: uh well um, we're well it's been pretty good I have to say uh, nobody really got sick. My daughter just got covid last week actually. Um, she found out she has it and has to isolate so we can't see her until sometime next week but because she's been vaccinated three times already it's just like she has a bit of a cold and that's it it's no worse than that so for us uh, we've been like super lucky with that i'm frankly really looking forward to traveling a little bit if that's at all possible um but you know those are those are that's icing on the cake you know apart from that for us as a family we're pretty much used to working at home so it hasn't changed that much really at all um, every we're listening to other people complain about. Oh my God, I hate working at home. It's impossible. Blah blah blah, and we're just so used to it. So for us, it's a little bit like, huh? Oh, well, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's not that bad.
0: Now, you know, we've talked. Uh, you know, we've been fortunate enough to talk about you know books. You know, one and two. And did you always have the? Th- third book in mind or did you have a set number in mind or was it just that all right we made it through this we're gonna keep going
1: when I started the first one I thought uh, well let me just get through this first one I didn't really think further than that Uh, once the first one was done and then I got started to get some feedback and some collectors were like hey cool can I be in you know, can. If you need another collector, if you're doing another book, da, 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 da. So I thought, well, yeah, okay, let's see. Um, and then I thought trilogy is nice because it goes with a lot of fan-based stuff. You know, lots of movies and books and stuff come out in trilogy. So I thought, well, three is a nice number. And so with the second one, I kind of had the third one in mind already as I was working on the second one. And I kind of tried to set things up to to kind of spread over the third one. Once the third book is out, the next year, what I'll very likely do is go through all three of them and try to unify them visually a little bit more and correct mistakes that I missed, because, of course, I missed a lot of mistakes, and then release them through, um, you know, like uh, Amazon Print on Demand and things like that. Slightly smaller formu- format, because they're eight and a half by 11 now, but if I go through the public formatting it will very likely be in a slightly smaller format and then of course they're not signed they don't come with extras there's no stickers on them there's none of that but they'll be available for anybody who wants them I don't think they're going to between you and me I don't think they're going to sell very much at all but they're out there for anybody who's interested and uh, they will live their virtual lives and stuff and do what they got to do So I'm hoping to kind of have left something behind and to pay back a little bit to a lot of people who've been very nice to me while I've been in sketch cards and things like that.
0: I love the idea of, of a combined one because I think, you know, when you read through them and you get sort of not only the history of, but you get to talk with, you have all these stories. And to me, when I look at them, I mean, the cards, the card pictures for me in the book were the icing on the cake for it, but it's hearing those stories, but getting it, You know, I love the fact of we always talk about repackaging content because you know I think a lot of us kind of you know you start off with I do this thing and I'm kind of done with it and I never get to use it again. Well, in some cases, I think we've learned with you know with social media and so forth, it's like you know what there's an audience that there's an audience out there I think for a version of that book, but then that might be a little more accessible. It might be getting out you know some people who weren't able to get into the Kickstarter. You know, but you get it out there and you go, oh, this would be a great way to repackage things. A lot of times, I when I when I refer people to the to the Abrams books on the cards, I'm like, well, you don't necessarily have to collect the cards, but if you want to read it and have it there and something on a shelf or something on a on a coffee table, or if you missed, you know, one or two, sometimes complete a Stephen. You know, go like, oh, I didn't get the first one. You know, so I, I just love that idea of repackaging again, and I think when you revisit it, you know, you, you always feel like. I have another shot or if I needed to make a correction or something like that, or if there was a piece I wanted to add to it. Um, that, that to me is just, that's just brilliant.
1: I, I really, yeah. And of course the first book I had never set up a book, you know, for all the technical aspects, I'd never set up a book. I had used InDesign, but very little. So I had to, I had to learn the program um, and then all the technicalities that go with setting up Uh, the images, uh, will it work? What does it look like when it's actually printed? Um, Getting all the files together for the person who actually sends it off to be printed. Um, All the little, which I absolutely love doing all that. Like, I wish I could do that all the time. I really like it. Um, And my favorite part is designing all the extras that go with the books, though, I have to say. when, When the books go out on their own in the world, once I've repackaged them and do version two, you know, so they're like I said, you know, through, through print on demand and Amazon and all that stuff, they won't have all those extras. But now that I've had my feet wet with doing all the extra cards, the metal cards, the tuck in sheets, the the lenticular, the the uh, I can't the promo cards and all that stuff, that is just a ton of fun. It's just I really, really enjoy doing that, and that's something I'd kind of that I've learned I didn't know I would like to do, and I'd kind of like to move along with that somehow and figure out a way to incorporate that into my living, (laughs) such as it is. (laughs) But yeah, it would be nice to kind of clean them up, unify them because the first book is a little bit different from the second and the third visually because I didn't know what I was doing. So yeah, to kind of unify them a little bit and then, you know, set it off and then put it aside and be done with it. Take what I've learned and move on with it. So that's my plan.
0: Where are we at in the in the creation of the third book or getting ready? Um, and how much time did you really, I'll back up for a second. How much time did you allow yourself to kind of take a break, if any, before getting things ready for the third book? Or did you Didn't just they- start writing
1: I had to start right in slowly, but in between the books, of course, it was like, okay, that's done. And before I start the third one, I have to get going on all my projects, the paying projects, card projects, the, the sketch cards and all that stuff. Because I make zero income when I am working on the books or doing the podcast or whatever. So I have to make sure to prioritize a little bit. And there are certain days where I have to say, well, I should have been working on the book, but I have to do this because the end of the month is coming and I got to pay for that. So there's a lot of that involved. Right now, um, I've, I'm have i able to at least cover my, my necessities. And the book is like first and foremost for the next three weeks. I'm almost halfway through. So there is... Um, because you mentioned that there was a collector that was in the second book who wanted to do something extra for the third one too but I'm trying to make room for everybody and always to have new people of course you know that's that's the point is to show the readers any readers who might be interested what a variety of styles there are out there what a variety of people there are out there is just you know, it's 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 interesting. I find, but this other collector wanted to add a little bit more. So the plan that we came up was with, is that that collector is doing like, a storyboard idea, of all of her, uh, her her collected cards and how she planned to collect them and all that, which is like I think that's like super cool. I'm sure there's some people that will be interested. However, that will be produced as. Uh, as an add-on, if you like, to anyone who wants it. It will be comic book size, uh, not comic book style, but comic book size Mm -hmm. as a a small 10, 12-page pamphlet type thing, a little bit of a booklet that goes on uh, as as an addition to this third book. So that'll be interesting to see um, if people enjoy that. She's taking care completely of how she wants to set it up and, and all that. So that's not really something I have to deal with. I just have to take care of the publishing of that. It will be published through the same publisher that I'm doing the book with and uh, incorporate the costs of that into the cost of the book. And So that will be interesting to see how that goes. It's a beautiful cover she designed. Go
0: Excellent. I'm, I'm assuming once again we are getting sort of a collection of collector and artist stories.
1: For the book itself, yes. Collectors, uh, artists, there are quite a few artists and there's so, 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 so many I couldn't include. I just take first come first serve kind of thing. And then of course there's always one that, you know I try real hard to get (laughs) because I'm a fan of that particular person. But otherwise anybody who managed to just, you know message me when I sent out the request and all of that it's not fair. But I, I I don't know a better way to do it, <laughs> frankly. And this is just to give people an idea of what a sketch card is. That was the entire momentum of mm-hmm. doing the books in the first place. When people ask me what I do for a living in my neck of the woods and I talk about sketch cards, they're like, what? I have no idea what that is. Uh, you get tired of repeating all the time. Well, it's this. So you know, there's a book to sort of show. And well, that's what it is. Take a look. And that solves that problem. <laughs>
0: And and that's, for me, one of the things I really love about these books is you know, you know, new collectors who have come back to the hub, you know, thing a lot of things have changed since that first book, the first time we talked, and a lot of people are discovering those. And on the one hand, it's nice because you avail yourself hopefully to a much larger audience, but there is also still, I think, an education to it because um, a lot of new collectors may not know. Not only what the value of something is or you know the difference between artists, but as well as the work that goes and you know to be frank, you know you guys make your you know you have to put in the work on the cards in order to kind of set up so that people discover who you are and hopefully get out and do the commission so you can really you know kind of you know flex your flex your wings a bit you know you can move beyond maybe even you know, the two and a half by three and a half card if somebody wants something larger. But, you know, and then you can work and then also educate someone on if you're going to try to commission an artist, you know, here's some things you may want to think about when you're talking to them or you're working with them because it really is a collaboration of sorts between there's the vision in someone's head and, what and their expectations of what that'll look like. And then the artist is trying to fulfill that, but also, you know, here's what, here's what I am as an artist, you know what I'm saying? So there's just so much more, you know, you, you, and undoubtedly you're going into this knowing that you have a core audience, but there's this potential new audience that, you know, that, that gives you like, okay, I can, I, I need to kind of explain something. You almost like you almost kind of have to repeat yourself or in a way that also makes it entertaining and, and enjoyable.
1: Yes. It's um, uh, yeah, it's a challenge and, um, it's a problem, well, the problem of, you know, when you have someone who isn't, well, not really a problem, but when someone wants to commission something off of you, and perhaps they see it one way, and it's not really what you are as an artist, it's okay to say, well, I'm sorry, I, I can't do it that way. But there are uh, there are a lot of other people who could do it the way you are. And then, you know, the other way around, too, maybe someone else gets someone that, you know, they they want this particular way, but you know, they can't do it, but you can, uh, it's all good. And uh, yeah, the, the people who commission, I guess, yeah, that's true. They kind of do need to learn a little bit about what you can ask an artist and what you can't. Although I must say, there are a few artists out there. I don't know how they do it, but they can pretty much do anything. <laughs> so I, I have no idea how they do that. I, I have in, in for my own particular way of doing things, i the older I get, the less flexible I get, which is a little bit opposite of the way one should be, I uh, that's that's a lesson that I'm I'm learning that I have not seen too many our ar- other artists uh, speak about about how you um, you know when you're learning your craft you kind of have to be a bit of a sponge and absorb many different styles in order to figure out what your own is you know. That's part of learning to to draw, learning to paint. You copy other people. It's part of the it's part of the process. But after that, you have to leave it and be your own person and, and do your own style. Otherwise, people are not going to want anything. You know, if they, they ask you, they can ask somebody else, and it would all come to the same thing. Ideally, you would like someone to come to you for what you can do, you know, if if you get my drift. I don't know if I'm explaining myself well.
0: No. The other thing that I, I think about also is that when a set comes out, you know, sometimes you'll see a a list of of all the artists on it, and it can be very daunting. And, and one of the things that I enjoy is over time, I start to recognize more and more of the people on that list, and that's what kind of gets me excited. But I think also something nice about what the books do is that, you know, unless they show up on a, you know, whether they show up in non-sport update or they, you know, they show up on a, on a podcast or something, you know, a lot of times you don't know what a name, you know, who that person is. And I think when you see some of the folks that show up in your books, you get, you get an idea, not only of who they are, you know, like not only their style, but who they are. And then it, it starts that really, you know, that kind of begins that relationship of where, Oh, wow, I'm excited to see so-and-so in that. And then they, you know, because I just don't think there is enough promotion of this. I mean, you know, Topps is only going to do, and some of these other card art, you know, card companies are only going to do so much to highlight those. They, they might show out a couple of examples if they're promoting an upcoming set. But, you know, you know, it'd be great if there was even, like, a small catalog or something going, hey, these are the artists, and here's some of the things you could be looking forward to seeing. You know, it's maybe impractical, but I, I don't think there's enough promotion of artists in this field. That I think your book kind of helps fill in some of those gaps.
1: Wow, that's uh, that's really nice to hear. I didn't think of it that way. That's that's really kind of encouraging. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, well, of course, it's not really, I suppose, uh, financially ideal for a uh, for companies to to do what you just said. But that's a fabulous idea. You should really. Mention that to some of the bigger companies. That's a great idea, you know. Having a little uh, showcase of what you can expect—that'd be awesome. I think it would attract more people into uh, into collecting those the, those extra cards, the sketch cards that go along with the trading cards, and all of that. But, but of course, sketch cards are really still "quote unquote" relatively new in a way—not really, of course—but in a, in a way seeing as uh, uh, they were only introduced in the in the 90s, I think it was, the 90s, the 80s. I have to look at my own book now. <laughs> I think the 90s. But yeah, there were trading cards like way before then, but sketch cards, no. So, you know, I guess it's kind of like, are the, and I'm sure that when they started, it was probably like, you know, pff, are they gonna stick around? Who knows, you know? But they have stuck around. Um, uh although I must say it was, well, because Lindsay Grayling and I have started also started a podcast unique for uh, uniquely for sketch card artists and people who are involved in the industry, just like the, it's a companion to the book. Some of the things that people have said that we've interviewed so far actually was, was kind of like, uh, you know, exactly that, that, you know, the, the art has, you know, it has changed a lot. They were just sketches in the beginning and now, um, I, myself included, you know, we try to do more fancier and fancier cards, which makes it difficult for some people to actually do fancier and fancier cards because we don't get a lot of time to do these. Right. Uh, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes we have several months, but that's usually with the independent companies. But for the bigger companies like uh, Upper Deck, uh, Tops, uh, um well, cryptozoic, I haven't worked for in a long time, but um you don't get all that much time. So if you're given uh 20, 30, 40, 50 cards and you have just a few weeks to do them, you cannot spend a day on a card. You just can't do it. So the quality has to go down a little bit. You, it's it's practicality. If you do the math, if you have an hour per card, that's a lot. So um it's not it's still in its developing stages, I think. If if sketch cards stick around as an add-on to trading cards, I think it's still in the evolution scale. Well, always will be, but I think it's still in the beginning stages a little bit. I don't think anybody really knows what to do with them uh, 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 from the point of view of a company, you know. And, and it, It's like a, an add-on, you know, be cool. People like them. So let's just get some artists, get them to draw stuff and add it in. But it's not really planned any further than that. If you get my drift, whereas some of the smaller companies like Print Studios are uh, parks, cards, uh, um, iconic, uh, um, I'm forgetting a few, please forgive me. I'm forgetting a few, but the, some of the smaller companies, they are actually putting a little bit of thought into how the sketch cards could fill a bit of a hole that the trading cards themselves, the printed cards might not. So I find that really interesting. I find uh, people who are interested in trading cards and sketch cards should have a look you know keep supporting your big companies but don't forget the 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 don't forget the independent ones because they are taking chances that the big companies wouldn't do and they're exploring other ideas that the bigger companies simply cannot do so i think they complement each other the bigger companies and smaller companies
0: and i think for an artist like yourself when you're talking about the independence not only do you get a little more time, but I think that you get a little more space creatively to kind of go, oh, I haven't had a chance maybe to draw that or I haven't drawn that as much as, you know, big companies is going to put out, you know, X number of sets in it. And although there may be some differences, you're going to revisit some things, especially when you're talking about the sheer number of cards you're putting out. Some of these independents may be like, oh, this is fun. And I think that's got to be invigorating, even though you're, like I said, you're keeping it in context of the other work you're trying to get done, but it's still, it's almost like a nice palate cleanser for you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. The smaller companies can also explore themes that wouldn't be financially feasible for a large company to do. Of course, the larger companies, they do the you know star wars and and uh, lord of the rings and, uh, and gosh knows there's going to be some cool stuff coming up with that eventually down the road uh, right. i can't wait for uh, i personally i cannot wait for the kenobi uh, series and all of that and, um and i'll definitely be listening to that other podcast that you'll be doing for that that's i'm totally on my
0: radar <laughs> but you.
1: anyway yeah all those big name things um movies and series and all that, uh, you know, they have to stick with certain things and they are completely fun to do, love doing them, but very often you're limited in that you have to be photorealistic, you have to be this, you have to be that, because those companies have to please the movie studios or whoever it is that owns the license for those particular uh, movies or TV shows, you're really limited. Some of the smaller companies, even though sometimes they may be limited to and have to please uh, some companies, they will pick their artists very often for their style and how they can adapt to those particular rules. So sometimes it can be a little bit, even though it's confining, um, you have a bit of freedom within that confinement if you get my drift. And then there are other, other themes um, Uh, You know, like from literature, history, uh, uh, holiday seasons or what have you, uh, mythology, uh, all that kind of thing that the bigger companies would never do because it's not part of their thing. But the independent companies can do. And that's that is really a palate cleanser. You know, there are things that you would never do otherwise. So that's totally cool. Again, I think that both the big companies and the independent companies, they complement each other in that way. And it would be nice if the bigger companies maybe recognized that.
0: Exactly. And I think also for upcoming artists who are trying to, you know, get into the business, you know, I think that a lot of these independents, you know, offer, you know, a, a chance to like, look, you know, I think this is one of those type of jobs where you don't really know until you can do it. Uh, unless unless you get a bunch of blanks and you're just practicing and you get a little clock and you're saying like all right how how long and how much i know even trying to do i was trying to do one for um the garbage uh the garbage shoot droids just as a you know just he had sent me a blank and i was trying to do one and then you start really going oh wow then you start seeing it makes sense when you're trying to turn it around but i'm like i was practicing you know, trying to scale it down. I started with a larger one, then kept trying to do it and do it and do it. And that was just one card. It took me, you know, like most of the night to knock out, to try to do just the one and go, let alone, here's a stack of them, kid, get going. So, you know, the independence, I think, offers someone a chance to go, look, not only can you get your feet wet, but also, you know, you could potentially be looking at work all year round instead of just waiting for one company to hopefully, you know, wait by the phone and hopefully they'll give you a call or something. But this way you can kind of keep your name out there and like i said it's it's all about you know if this is what you want to do you got to be ready for any any you know anybody that's willing to take a flyer on you
1: definitely um and sketch cards is not for everyone uh but but most people can can adapt to it 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 takes a bit of practice you know when you're used to drawing big and of course when you when you've been to school you're always encouraged to draw big and take your pencil and just and go all over the place like that. And that's fine, but try to do that on a, on a, on a, on a sketch card size thing. And it's a little bit like, Hmm, better rethink this a little (laughs) bit. And, but, but you can have a ton of fun and you learn a lot. Let me tell you, first of all, learning to draw fast is one of the best things that I ever had to learn to do. Uh, It is so easy as an artist, especially when you're starting out to be to be fussy and and um fragile and a bit of a diva when it comes to like, oh, it's not ready to show yet, and it's not quite done. And uh, today I'm just not feeling it. And I mean, I've been there, done that when I was much younger. Uh when you've got when you're on the clock for any kind of design work or anything like that, you gotta get that thing done. You're not feeling it today. Well, just too bad. You have to sit down and <laughs> look at it and find a way to be inspired and everyone has everyone can do that everyone has their different ways of being inspired maybe some people might uh, i don't know listen to some music and it will just open up the floodgates and there you go other people might need to look at pinterest and just i don't know look at colors or something um but there's always a way to do it. But it's actually being able to sit down to it's. It's like being, it's like being a freelancer or being an independent. Um, how do you say when you work for yourself? Uh, there are people who really cannot do that. We had a friend years ago who said, uh, because my significant other and I were, we have both worked from home uh, since ever. He has a completely different job, but we've both been we're both freelancers. And you gotta get up and you gotta, you know, put your shoes on and get to work, even if you don't have a boss who's 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 there, you know. And and we've had friends who've said, How can you do that? You know, I just no, it wouldn't work for, You know, if I don't have to work, I'm not gonna work. It's, it's, it's easy to think that, oh, it's the life the dream lifestyle, but it's like anything else. You kind of have to motivate yourself. And so when you're working for sketch cards or or anything else for that matter you have to find a way to motivate yourself to not only start the job, but to finish it and finishing the jobs are almost always harder than starting them. Nearly everyone I know is good at starting a million different things, including myself, but finishing them is something else, which, you know, for why I'm, I'm super proud of the, of the books so far. I've, I started these projects and I finished them and all the people who were involved with them were amazing, and um, they taught me so much about being sure to pay respect to other people and uh, appreciate their point of view and appreciate their generosity and taking part of in, in these books, which is why Lindsay and I decided that, well, I decided and I wanted someone else to do it with me, um, and she's the perfect perfect fit she's such a great artist and is easy to talk to people you know people really like her and stuff so it's a way to give back and to have people who've been in the books on the podcast and so that as you said um a while ago you know artists when people collect the cards they have no idea who's behind it well in the books you get to 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 see who they are as people too and then of course in a podcast you can actually listen listen to them talk if you look at the videos, you can see who they are. They become much more personable that way, and I'm blown away by how nice people are. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes when you're just typing on Messenger or uh, text or whatever, you know, um, you don't get a sense of who people are just by the words you see on a, on a on a screen or even on a page, for that matter. Uh, When you're actually listening to them or seeing them, it's like, you've met them. It's, it's amazing. So
0: I was real excited when you, you know, talked about wanting to start a podcast and I was going to, I was going to want you maybe take this a little farther, talk about, you know, some of the things that you have picked up so far and, and, and with your talks and then how do you kind of approach when you are trying to talk with an artist? What are your goals?
1: Well, uh, the goals, first of all, is, well, of course, again, it was to, you know, give a little bit of thanks to people. But as we're doing this now, we're going to be doing our 10th episode um, Monday and then two more during the week. So yeah, I'm like, Gads, we got this far. How about that? Even Lindsay's like, woohoo, you know, this is like amazing. But the whole point is kind of like, for that Lindsay is amazing because we're like so on the same page for that we really just want to see who these people are basically and then how do they manage to deal with the same issues that both her and i have you know as working people we have to balance all of this and sometimes you get things like a podcast or books they don't pay anything So why are we doing this? It's ridiculous. Well, we're doing it because we like it. We're having fun. It's fun to get to know other people, especially after 2 years of confinement. You can't, you know, you're you're afraid to say hello. People are going to be running away from you, uh, you know, don't contaminate me, blah, blah blah blah. And then there's all the politics involved with the with the COVID and which I think is just shameful to the nth degree, but that's something else. Um <laughs> So, you know, this is safe. It's totally safe. And then whoever wants to meet in real life, because both Lindsay will be at a con in her neck of the woods in the UK, and I'll be at a con in May in uh, Philadelphia. Anybody who wants to come and meet us in our own respective places, please come and say hello. You know, we're open to whoever wants to say hello. So the the, the goal is to get back that time. Excuse me, you have to kind of get me back on track on occasion. (laughs) So we go all over the place. So the main goal is that each time we approach the interviews, that, of course, you know, you have a framework. Either you're a director, uh, an art director, because art directors are actually humans too. It's shocking, but art directors are humans too. (laughs) And um, uh, publishers, uh, which I have to give kudos to Richard Parks. Um, He is incredible. He knows so much about the down and dirty of publishing. Um, he And he'll be putting out his own book, too, of which I'm, like, number one on board. I'm going to buy nice. that book. Nice. Um, all about Kickstarters, producing and creating projects and stuff. And, I mean, he, he, it's incredible. Listen to his podcast. He's amazing. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, yeah. And then artists, of course. And uh, we also have uh, plans, if we can find someone we'd like to talk to some some psychologists who specialize with creativity, people who are creative or, uh, you know, have um, issues and look at creativity as an outlet or something like that. Or, you know, people who are creative and have, um, uh, how do you, how would you say that issues, you know, emotional issues or something just, you know, to chat with psychologists who maybe have words of wisdom for some of us who are, maladjusted you know (laughs) um and and yeah so there's always a framework of of uh, working in sketch cards or being creative or publishing and how do you manage all the different tasks that you have to do um nearly all of these people are independent creators and the ones who actually have day jobs too how do you manage a day job and then work in a creative um environment on your off time, how do you manage those two, which is something that you're going to be talking to us about, if I may say so, uh, because you, Greg McLaughlin, are going to be on our <laughs> podcast, too, very soon, because you are one of those people. So it's it's a challenge, you know, and everyone has a different way of dealing with it. And some people get tired of it. Some people love it. Some people hate it. It's interesting to hear everyone's side. And some people have dealt with tragedy and and the creative uh, industry is kind of a way for them to release some of the, you know, uh, tension or you know, what you've got inside of you to kind of have a way to let it out a little bit. So um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's been super fascinating so far. And then there are some people who are a little drier about it all. Uh, that has to be part of it too, mm-hmm. you know. Um, they're all interesting to talk to and listen to, but everyone has a different flavor. And I find it's, for me as a person who's always in this office all the time, it's super interesting to, to read the different people's perspectives and to hear their perspectives and, and learn from people. And even though we may have a different outlook on the world, we can learn to find ways to get along. I think it's super important that we all learn to get along.
0: I, I love the fact that you're you're bringing up those aspects of of mental health because whether you're doing sketch cards or whether you're doing a YouTube channel or a, a podcast or whatnot, you know a lot of times I, I think in some cases we put out this content, you know it is it is a piece of ourselves and you you know you go in there wanting to do it, you know you you need to you you need this feeling of expression but you're also also it kind of goes hand in hand with you know in some cases. We are looking for that, you know, whereas, you know, a simple Instagram or something like that, oh, they're, they're just looking for the likes. And in some cases, yes, we are looking for that, mm-hmm. that that acknowledgement that what we're doing not only is valid, but it's, you know, it's, it's good, it has purpose, and it brings, you know, and it brings, you know, hopefully brings joy to folks. And a lot of times you see that, whether or not you're in a Facebook post. I was reading one about an artist recently who, you know, that, that wasn't necessarily their their full time and they were then they're going on about the struggle or someone else is going, Hey, I just need a good vibe. You'll see that a lot of times on, you know, Twitter and Instagram or whatnot. And it's tough because you're putting yourself out there and you're hoping that someone picks up on that thread or they take the time to go, hey, you're doing fine, or put up a put up a gif of, you know, someone doing like that. But I artists especially, I think, because You know, as you see it, you know, I'm in this room with four walls and only the noise that I allow in, right? Whether it's I've got Days of Our Lives going in the background or I'm listening to other podcasts or I've got the radio going or hopefully my, you know, my significant other comes out and goes, hey, you know, you've been in there for a while. Let's let's get out and get some, you know, get some what green time. Is that what the kids like to say nowadays? But but yeah, I think you want to highlight you want to talk to folks and go, hey, look, your success is only what you really make of it. If you're enjoying yourself, if you're able to make a living from it, or if you're able to make something off of it, or at least you're able to to bring something to light and someone goes, you know, a commoner here, it's valid. And I, and I, love the, I, I just love the fact that you, you're uh, having that other platform. I mean, you know, or at least to talk about it, because I can talk to an artist to a certain extent and I can kind of understand where they're coming from. But when you're maybe going artist to artist, that's on a whole level that I, you know, I can't get to. And I think also, I think other artists who, you know, maybe they're only in a Facebook group, or maybe they're not in a group at all, that would really appreciate to go, oh, you know, you just want something to kind of go, to go, I know exactly what that person's going through. Oh, that's a good idea. Maybe I should start doing that. Whether you're doing 10, 20, or 100 or 200, uh, that is just so important to to, to, to have that out there now.
1: I, I didn't think to mention that, that's true, both Lindsay and I were like, whoa, you know, for instance, as a good, uh, uh, it's like nothing, you know, it's meaningless, <laughs> utterly meaningless, but one of the, I think it was, who was it, yeah, it was the last person that we interviewed, The 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 episode hasn't released yet, I think it was Jamie Cosley. Mm. We got talking about uh, we got talking about, you know, all the little things that you do with your jobs you know, how do you manage all of this stuff, you know, because as an artist and as it happens, uh, as we were talking to another artist, all three of us had just been invited to a new big set. So, you know, it was a little bit like, OK, hold on. We have to just delay the podcast for 10 minutes because we have to reply to the email. All three of us, you know, that was that was kind of like a funny <laughs> moment, you know, kind of cool. But anyway, yes. Yeah, so I was—we were talking to Jamie, and uh, he brought up the thing about lists that he likes to make lists. And I'm like, "Oh, thank you, thank you so much. I'm not the only person on the planet who lives to make a list, and I'm not the only person who will sometimes put something on a list that I've already done." just so I can check it off and make myself feel better that I actually, it's a totally meaningless thing, but it's, it's the little details that like, it's like that, that you hear like that or read and you're like, Oh, Hey, I'm not alone on this planet with this particular thing. It's, as you said, it's, you know, um, of course, for me personally, of course I want to make a living at what I do. Um, I I would be a liar if I said I was doing this only because I love it. I want to make a living. I'd like to make a good living, but at least if I could make a living, that would be great. But I am doing this because I love it. Um, I'm the kind of person, personally, that uh, if I hate my job, I will eventually walk out the door. Um, I, I, I can't do it. Um, I'm also another person that we have talked to. Well, actually, I think it was Carolyn. She changed careers. She had a. She was a lawyer, and then went into the arts, which is like both Lindsay and I are sitting there going, <laughs> "What? You know, why?" <laughs> but it wasn't bringing her what she wanted in life. So for her, it was. It was just well, that's what you do. You're not getting what you want out of life from the job you're in. You do something else. So that's a kind of a nice lesson to hear there. And for her, she chose art and sketch cards were part of that once she discovered what it was. Um, And I'm sure there are other people, although we haven't talked to one yet, but I'm sure there are other people who are in the arts and decide, no, that's it. I got to get a day job. I can't do this anymore. And that's totally valid, you know that's valid too, if that's the way it works. Um, but so far, every time I've asked a person, uh, Elaine was one of them, um, Carolyn, I think, and someone else. You know, uh, once you've had the taste of, you know, being in charge of your own thing, art, creating art, sketch cards, or or producing trading cards, um, uh, once you've had that freedom of creating projects and you're doing it for your own company, whether you're a team of one or a team of three or whatever, could you go back to doing a day job? I mean, a quote-unquote day job. So far, it has been unanimously no. So, <laughs> And I include my, nobody has asked me, but that would be my answer as well. Even though, you know, I probably make a better living at a, being a, as they say in French, um, I, I would choose this every time. Um, so it's, yeah, it, I'm having a ball. I'm really having a ball.
0: <laughs> I, and one of the other things I'm sure you're, as you are finding is that once you start doing a, a podcast, you you just like with the art, I think, you know, you, you're finding your way around, but as the episodes, as the pieces go on, you start to see a streamlining like, okay, And I'm sure there's a lot of parallels that maybe you didn't realize were there.
1: Absolutely. Both Lindsay and I had kind of had ideas when we started because I went to her and she said, yeah, sure, I'll do it. And then we started to get to know each other and she has amazing ideas. I mean, I really hope, and she's an amazing artist. I really hope people look her up. She does some incredible stuff. Um, We had ideas of what we might like to talk about with people and, And that I I would say three quarters of that has just slipped away so far. Because as you said, we're beginning to see a bit of a path through all of it. And it's leading us to where I think we should be going. And we're probably going to, you know, evolve with it and let the people who come on guide us a little bit into what they're interested in talking about. And of course, uh, it's too new now to really know what people want to listen to. Um, so we don't have that feedback yet. So for right now, we're letting the guests kind of guide us a little bit into it. Mm -hmm. And we're both, we're both working out our own little hand signal kind of thing so that, you know, she has time to talk. I have time to talk, but mostly the, the guest has time to talk and to let us know what they are interested in talking about because each person so far has a strength in something, Mm-hmm. That maybe the previous uh, person who talked maybe didn't have quite the same point of view or the strength in that or whatever. So it's interesting to kind of dig a little deeper as we uh, as we go and talk to each person. Because again, like I said before, each person is different. Every single person so far has been different. Um, we spoke to Jeff Zapata, or Zapata, please forgive me if I've mispronounced that, He had a completely different point of view on the way we were talking. He is an artist, but he's also a veteran and has a completely different point of view on um, pretty much everything. And so for him, we kind of had to just let him go and let him do his thing and talk. So we didn't really talk so much in that particular one. It worked best for him for that one whereas for a different one we maybe had to encourage them along a little bit and then as soon as you find their happy place they're gone you know (laughs) it's it's interesting
0: i i i would say the same thing i've seen some folks i talk to who you know and it's weird because especially you may have had a relationship online or you go back and forth but when you are when you're talking really in some cases for the first time you know, face-to-face as it were, or you know, Skype to Skype or Zoom to Zoom, you know, you're, you're starting to get a cadence and especially with with a co-host. And that's why I've kind of learned with, you know, the ones I've done with, you know, Greg Cass when we're doing the, you know, kind of the, our version of a recap where you're, you're leading and you start to get this flow of like, okay, it's almost like a, you're, you're commentators for a, a sports event where you're like, all right, <laughs> I stop talking, you pick this up and you have these, you know, you, you have these, you know, verbal cues of, and then also sometimes with a guest where sometimes in the beginning, it's almost like kind of, you're kind of pulling them in, like, come on, because they're not maybe used to elaborating or like, I don't know how long I'm supposed to talk. And then sometimes when you can kind of get them going, and those are some of my favorites, you know, you just, hey, let the ball in. And a lot of times you'll find the the transitions flow naturally. They'll just go into one topic and another. And like I said, and, and the other nice thing about doing a podcast is, you know, although I have an idea for a length, I don't really have, you know, I, it goes as long as the the conversation goes. I can talk to, you know, Logan Monet for, you know, two hours, or I can talk to Sammy Gomez for, you know, two hours, or I can talk to somebody for a half hour, and I can be just as happy. Um, because if you get the point across, and they say what they want to say, and they have a good time, I think at the end, you're also hoping that, you know, you, you know, they're, they're kind enough to come on. They're giving a little bit of their time. We had to kind of do this on a weird scheduling, but at the end they're, they're pumped. You can see them at some, and it's almost like, okay, we're done. And you're like, they all, so, you know, if you're really doing your job right, then they go, oh, I was just going to go on, let's go. You know, can we just go out and get a, get a drink after this? Let's go. And we can keep talking about stuff for the rest of the day. Those, those are, you know, some of the fun things that you find that, you know, um, that I think make it enjoyable. And I think the more I do it, You know the more you know like sometimes if if you have to kind of take a break between you get back and go okay this is fun this is what i'm doing this for and and that makes you want to do another one and another one and you know until you know i guess you you do it until i guess it's not fun anymore but i don't if you're doing it right how could it not be
1: that is exactly what um lindsay and i decided from the very first we have to have fun doing this Mm -hmm. the minute it's a chore we have to stop um, because it will come across right away. Uh, I've had I've been fortunate enough to talk with a few people in the last bit. Even though I'm not very good at this, I feel I can learn. And Lindsay is a natural. She is a natural talker. She's very outgoing. So I'm learning from her a lot of uh, a, a lot of you know just just you know chill and relax and and she's teaching me a lot about that. Whereas I think I'm keeping her with my lists on cue with, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. what we have to, there are a few things that we would like to touch to make it relevant. Otherwise, you know, just off you go and have a good time with it. As long as we're having fun, then we think the invited person or persons will have fun. And it's way more fun. I find when I'm doing it with Lindsay, the two of us together, because it can be a little awkward sometimes, especially with the delay. You know, a technical aspect of mm-hmm. podcasting is, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I'm doing something wrong or, or if it's just the nature of the Internet. But sometimes there's a bit of a delay and that can make things a little not go so well. I haven't figured out how to overcome that problem yet. And I have to learn to pronounce better, but I'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I will get there, but yeah, but having fun. And, uh, uh, and, and yeah, like you were saying, sometimes you can go on and on and on and, and we're paying for the uh, zoom thing so that we can do that. I don't want to be stuck within uh, half an hour or an hour. I I think you have a limit on zoom if you want the free version and we didn't want that. So we're paying for that so that, you know, whoever we talk to, if they decide they have a lot to say, well, please, you know, share and, and share what you know. Um, Richard, for instance, he's super easy to talk to. Just say hello and he's gone for the next two hours. It's it's <laughs> not pretty well. he, he's He's super, super easy to talk to. And then as you said, sometimes you kind of have to encourage people a little bit. And maybe what helps is that I know I'm a bit of an awkward person. Lindsay is not. She's totally relaxed and everything. I think when people see that, you don't have to be perfect to do this. I think just being honest uh, is the only requisite I would want. And I've listened to so many podcasts in the past 10 years, including yours. I find that the minute someone doesn't feel authentic, you know, I turn it off and I listen to something else. As long as it's authentic, I don't care if it's fancy. I don't care if it's got high production. Um, I would rather that the interviews that I hear or read, for that matter, um, are authentic and that I feel I can connect with. I will forgive. Uh, I will forgive empty spaces. I'll forgive glitches. I'll forgive freezes in the video. I don't care about that. If I can connect with what. The people are trying mm-hmm. to get across, I'm happy with that. So that's pretty much what we're trying to do, you know. And then we're also trying to get our work done, of course, at the same time. But that's part of the thing. That's that's really one of the main, two main questions that I like to ask. How do you manage um, uh, dealing with people like ourselves, like Lindsay and I, who are trying to get you to talk with us? That takes time. And then you have to go back to work or go back to your day job or what have you. How do you deal with, mul- with uh, managing all of that on your own? How do you deal with, oh, my God, I don't have any work coming up, sketch cards? Like uh, for most of us uh, uh, as artists who most of us work for TOPS, TOPS was really quiet for the past several mm-hmm. months of, you know, the changeover and everything. So some of us had tons to do. And some of us didn't. How do you deal with it? What do you do with the empty time? How are? You, what are you doing to make income? These are all things that both Lindsay and I understand very, very well. And those are the things we want to know. Maybe you guys can teach us something that we don't know. You know, it's um, we're also here to learn. Lindsay and I don't know everything. I've been in the sketch card business for a long time now. I'm not the one who's been in it the longest, but I've been in it for a long time. I'm learning stuff every single day. Um, And Lindsay's having fun listening to all the old farts talk about what it used to be like 15 years ago, you know, when you had to do 400 cards. And she's like, what? Are
0: you crazy?
1: (laughs) You insane people. Why on earth did you do that? Well, you know, we didn't have a choice back then. So, yeah, we're doing it because we are having fun and we hope other people have fun listening and reading.
0: How did you come up with uh, with the title and uh, how to and who to list it with, if you don't let me ask?
1: Sure. Uh, well, we were on Messenger, which is I think everybody's, uh, well, maybe not everybody, but well, I don't do TikTok and all that stuff. So, yeah, we were on Messenger. We were throwing words back and forth, and then we settled on Penciled In. We had a bunch of ideas, and we just was We just had a whole thread down messenger of different names. And then we said, okay, we'll pick that one and go with it. There comes a point where just like with a sketch card or a piece of art, you kind of have to say, okay, that's it. That's what we're going with. And Lindsay is the one who did the the logo design. She did that all on her own. And she has also started her own company, Leg Day Cards. So she's new on that one. That's thanks to Richard Parks. He really convinced her. Um, I've had my own company for a while, but I've just now given it a new name. I haven't really put it out or anything. I haven't got my logo yet, but I'll be a uh, long dog designs because we have two tackles. So uh, dashes, I should say teckles I think is French. Yeah. So um, yeah, we kind of just bounced, bounced things off each other. And then when it came to the hosting service, I asked a bunch of people yourself included, and I went with Anchor because the price was right. Um, it looked the easiest. And um, my son is the one who's doing the audio editing. I told him to keep it super simple. He did the uh, he did the uh, the tune, the theme music, and the little blurb when you divide the segments. But we don't have very many segments uh, right now. And we may not, we had, we had thought actually when we were starting that we might have a bunch of segments, you know, uh, we had uh, topics that we thought we might want to talk about, but finally we're just interviewing the guests and it it works like that. It's, it it feels comfortable. It feels right. So we're continuing with that. Um, For our 10th episode, we are not having a guest. We are going to do a review. And for that, we'll be also be talking a little bit about um, maybe about tech, you know, and what we're using. Um, we're going to talk about what we've learned from the first nine guests and things like that. And then for, I think, not 10th, 11th, for the 12th episode, we're having Jenny Gregory on, uh, on the podcast to talk about her artwork. But she also knows a lot about tech. So she's going to talk a little bit about iPads and things like that.
0: Nice.
1: So that'll be interesting. But yeah, we are looking for a psychologist who who knows about the uh, artistic side of things. So we are putting a call out. We had thought we'd found someone, but finally it didn't work out. And we want a legit person. We don't want any uh, hokey pokey <laughs> stuff. Uh, none of this. Um, none of this uh, laying on thing and. No, 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 the, the, the real deal, the, you know, legit. So we're taking our time with that one because we want to find the right person or people if there are more than one. be best to have more than one because multiple opinions are always good, you know. Uh, so we're going down that road too. So we have plans for the future and we'll just go as long as we have fun and have time and stop when we have no one else to talk to or we <laughs> don't have fun anymore. So, yeah, I hope people jump on board and they can buy us a coffee to support the cost of the Zoom if they want to. Or they can do all that stuff.
0: Oh, well, that's a, a, a good question. I was curious, if, um, have, have you? what do you think about promoting the podcast? Are you creating a separate social identity for it? Or will this be something that if people who follow you and Lindsay, you'll get the links from there? or had you, have we got there yet?
1: Well, we, um, both of us really hate (laughs) self-promotion, which is something else we're gonna be getting into in the podcast because when you're a, well, nearly every artist I know hates self-promotion and some of us feel real spammy just putting out one post, you know, it's, it's just don't like it, but it has to be done. Um, so yeah, I've actually gone ahead and created like a email address for it. Uh, we have an Instagram account, we've got a Twitter account. And finally I'm discovering that I'm not sure I have the time to post to all those different things plus post to all my own accounts. <laughs> so that's a bit of a work in progress. I'm really, really, really hoping that people will send us questions to answer on the show because that would be awesome. You know, both Lindsay and I are working artists. And we are approaching all these interviews through the funnel of working artists. What is it like to actually work in the industry? And we know what we're talking about from our own relative points of view, what it's like for us personally. And so we want to know what it's like for the other people. And we want to talk to art directors. We want to get them all on board. Talk with us, we're super easy. Buy us a beer. Lindsay likes tea, I like wine. (laughs) Go for it, coffee. But yeah, so uh, ask us questions about anything you'd like, and we'll we'll answer them either ourselves or we'll also ask the guests. Um, you know, uh, ask us anything you want. Uh, what kind of paint we use, what kind of copics we use, what kind of ink we use. That's fine. You know, ask it all. Do we use tech? I happen to have my brand new refurbished <laughs> iPad, and I love it. Um, I'm a new Apple user. And if anybody wants to know what I think about that, I'll go on forever about it. Totally fine. <laughs> with it. But yeah, uh, um, we have uh, but you know, probably just contact Lindsay at her email address or mine at my email address. That's very likely what it's gonna end up being, just because it gets too time consuming. Otherwise, it's it's just too much. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm Ingrid Hardy32 at gmail.com. Uh, send questions there. I don't have Lindsay's email on the top of my head. I should. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't Sorry, have it on the top of my head. But Lindsay Grayling, just look her up. Uh, she is, uh, what is she going under? Um, she's changed hers. She doesn't have a website yet. She's going to be having that soon. So anyway, yeah, just, yeah. Find the Penciled In podcast. It's on um, Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Uh, where else is it? I think it's on Google Podcasts. Did I set it up there? Uh, I forget. But anyways, Apple Podcasts and and Spotify, you can find it there. And leave reviews, um, uh, do all that stuff. Uh, I have a Patreon page. I'm hoping that my Patreon will help uh, support the show and the books. I post all the time to Patreon. And what I'll do as soon as I put it on my list. I will add some of Lindsay's contact info there too. Cause she does like, I mean, you really got to see her stuff. She's really good at what she does. Um, my Patreon is uh, www.patreon.com slash Ingrid Hardy. Just all small letters, no fancy stuff there. The, the, the uh, yeah, the Patreon helps to uh, finance the show and, and and pay my essential bills so I can actually do all these books and podcasts and stuff.
0: Um, something else I was wanting to, to ask you about is, as far as the Kickstarter is, where are, you know, like, this will probably come out in a week or so, but generally where are we in the process for this book, and what are the next steps, or are there some dates ahead that you were looking to kind of get this going so people can kind of, kind of get in on, on the goods as it were.
1: Absolutely. Um, as I was saying before the books through the Kickstarter, it's the only way you can get the add-ons or if there are extra add-ons, sometimes when you buy a card from me or something, I'll include, uh, uh I'll include some add-ons, uh, that are left over. um, but otherwise, once the books are released into like Amazon or something, which wouldn't be before like next year at the earliest, none of that stuff comes along. So for the for the third book, I'm almost halfway through the editing process of uh, getting it in. And that should be done within the next two weeks. And then I start designing the rest of the uh, the add-ons. There is a promo card that's done and ready to go. That I've been setting out already with people who uh, who buy things from me. Lindsay will have some when she goes to the con in the UK. I'll also have those promo cards with me at uh, the non-sport show in Philly, May 21st and 2nd, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, there'll be two more promo cards, one specifically for the book, one for the podcast, and then possibly one for my Long dog designs and I may be doing producing my own card set next next year. Nice. Um, the Kickstarter, I'm hoping to have it in June. It may go to July, but so far I'm hoping to have it in June. Um, if you would like, I have a mailing list that anyone uh, can get on. I do have a little over 200 people on board for that, which I'm extremely thankful and happy about. (laughs) Um, But help it grow. Um, To get links to the uh, mailing list, and when the Kickstarter, I'm building the Kickstarter as it is, but it's not even out on the promo thing yet. But I am building the Kickstarter already. Uh, For links to any of that, the Patreon, the Kickstarter, the mailing list, the podcast, please go to www.kickstart.com ingridkvhardy.com links to everything is there plus samples um, you can find links to anywhere else you want to go from there except for Lindsay because I haven't added her on yet shame 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 but I will get her on <laughs> right? you can find her there too so I think that covers that yeah I'm really hoping that the kickstarter will go well it's the last book um maybe in four or five years, I might do another one, but I'm getting up there in age, so we'll see. Um, <laughs> but I'd love to do other books. If anybody wants to hire me to do stuff, you know, just, you know, send me a line. It's all right. I'll consider it. It's okay. <laughs> um, I'm having a ball designing uh, add-ons and stuff. So, you know, if you ever need somebody to design some adding, you can call, contact me too for that. I'm fine. You know, painting stuff, just, you know, shout, shout out to me.
0: <laughs> have, have pencil will travel. I like it.
1: <laughs> yep, there you go. Especially the travel part. Oh, The older I get, the more I want to travel. And, of course, it's still not really truly safe to travel, not only with COVID. Although it's getting better, you've got a war way out on the other side of the world, um, which is not helping. And uh, it may be far away, but, it, you know, if things don't get under control, it's going to affect us, too. So, but yeah, I would really like to travel um, um, with my sketchbook. That's something else that I'm hoping to get back into. And that's uniquely on my Patreon that I'd be doing that. I started my Patreon like four years ago, five years ago now. Um, mostly so that I would have a reason to do a lot of watercolor sketching and things. I love to do that. I don't want to do that like full time or nothing. But I do like doing it. And I think it's it's cool to uh, use different tools to to you know create and I personally am not good with using watercolors on sketch cards uh, unless they're my own sketch cards because you never know what kind of cardstock you're going to get some of them work really well and some of them really don't Um, copics is the same thing I used to use copics and I do have some copics for sale because I don't use them anymore But you'd have cardstock, it was super good. And then you have cardstock, it's not really ideal. So it was one of the reasons why I switched to acrylic. You can pretty much use acrylic paint on almost anything. Uh, For better or worse, it's plastic. Uh, Acrylic paint is plastic, so it will really go on most anything. I really like oils, traditional oils, and it's something I'd like to continue doing. But as someone who has uh, uh, asthma, it doesn't work well in a closed painting studio, and I don't have the funds to create a fancy-dancy studio with all kinds of ventilation and all that stuff. So, I'm keeping it simple, and I'm using acrylics, and it's fun. I like it. So,
0: are there um, are there any Sets. I know that you know you have. We we've talked about you know the, the different sets or the the different companies you are kind of got your you know, your work with. But are there any Star Wars sets that you can mention that you that you could let us know that you're at least you're in? Anything you could talk about there?
1: Um, I don't know. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, I mean, uh, yes and no. I am on a new Star Wars set. Uh, am I allowed to talk about it? I have absolutely no idea. The the email that I got didn't say if we could mention it or not. So I have no idea. I, I'm going to throw it out there that I could maybe mention it. I don't know. Um, I may have heard through the grapevine that there's a Star Wars Finest set coming out. I think, although I don't have the cards on my table yet, and they were supposed to be here last week. So obviously things have not changed, even though the company has changed hands and all that stuff. But um, yeah, if there is a Star Wars Finest set, I might be on it. (laughs) But I won't verify anything.
0: Well, maybe you could say, is there more than one set that you could be working on for Star Wars this year? That, That seems to be vague enough.
1: Uh, as far as I know, there's only one ah. uh, as far as I know on my list anyway, if there are other ones, I wasn't invited. There might be other ones. I don't get invited to everything, of course sad face here but um, <laughs> uh, but uh yeah no uh, i'm I'm only on one as far as I know. I think I've been accepted the the process was a little bit different for this one so um and and the the people that. I'm assuming there's an art director on the other end of the email thing, but that's much more vague than it was before. So I don't really know who's dealing with it on that end. I, I don't know. Apart from that, what else am I on? I'm, I'm working on a set for our uh, uh, parks cards. I might be on, um, although I haven't got the invite yet, but I heard through the grapevine that I might be on another set for an independent company that I can't wait to be on. I, I did the first, set. And it was really fun to work on. Um, What else? Uh, uh, Apart from that, um, I'll be planning probably my I have two, two card sets I'd like to produce on my own. And I'm playing with that. But I won't really talk too much about that. Because it's really in the air. And I, I want to focus on the book. First, that's the most important thing. Apart from that, um, I'll be working on actually painting the millions of well not millions but i have a lot of artist proof cards that i haven't been able to to paint because i haven't had the time i simply haven't had the time oh i am on a lot of star wars sets that's true actually that haven't come out yet because of the change with tops um i don't i think masterworks hasn't come out yet has the has masterworks come out yet
0: uh last year's masterwork has not come out yet nor has the bounty hunters at okay this um'
1: way. I'm on both of those sets, Nice, Uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know when they're coming out. Uh, Hurry up, tops. Hurry up. Some of us (laughs) have to make a living.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah. And then on that case, you know, when you come out, it's nice because usually, you know, that's when sort of the NDA lifts as it were. And then you can start to see a lot of times you guys will take pictures of them and you go, Hey, I've got this in there. And it gives us an idea. I always kind of like the launch days whenever they come. And yes, we have been on kind of a lull where you can kind of see the people going, hey, I've got this and this. And then uh, it kind of gets you excited for for chasing them. Uh, but also I think sometimes it's it's hard for the artist to go, man, I worked on this months ago and I've been dying to show some people because I know there's fans of my, my work out there that really want to see it. They want to know that I'm on it so they can chase it or if they have to go secondary market or whatever like that, at least to let them know. Um, so they just don't see the backs of it. Um, those those are the things that you're, you're like, come on, let's let's open up the floodgates and get them out, uh, and then that way, you know, more. Yeah, you know, it's like I said, it kind of gives you an excuse to go, hey, look, this is what I'm doing instead of like, oh, what am I gonna, am I going to post something today? Like, hey, I got something out there, and it's always, and then you see everybody else, and it's kind of this is this is really cool. So,
1: yeah, we're we're always happy to share. Um to share what we've been painting and drawing and sketching and what have you. And uh, we have to wait all the time for that. I have to say, um, I've enjoyed working for TOPS. Uh, I never really had much of an issue except for in the beginning when when, uh, the requirements were a little bit insane, but after that, it was great. I never really had, and now it's changing. So I'm hoping things will stay all right. Uh, Upper Deck has been more fun to work with too. I have to say kudos to the new art director who's working with Upper Deck because he's doing a great job making it nice for people to work for them. So, you know, have at it. And uh, Rittenhouse, I don't know. I haven't worked for them for a long, long time. Um, Who else? Cryptozoic. I'd love to work for Cryptozoic, but they never call me anymore because the last set I worked with, I sent the cards off and they got lost. Oh, no. And this was through what was it? FedEx. Was it FedEx? Purelex? Pure later or something. I don't remember now. It's like 10 years ago. Uh, a Lord of the Rings set. So somewhere out there, there are, uh, 20 Lord of the Rings cards that I put a lot of heart into and time and they never made it to their destination. They are gone. Um, and I never heard back from Cryptozoic after that. Uh, our parks is putting out some new sets with their ultraman and um, a few more things and he's fun to work with. Uh, Pernas putting out new sets, they are amazing. Uh, I love the Pernas. Uh, who else? Uh, I believe Iconic will be putting out more and then there's a couple of other again I've, I I RJR cards, I forget. I think it's Richard Falks who puts out some sets. He's he's really nice to work for. Um and another one I'm really sorry I should be on the ball with this but I'm not <laughs> anyways the, the, check out your local uh, your local independent card creators because they are um, putting out some cool stuff with cool topics and you know help them too uh, they they are uh, they are they are helping the, the the bigger companies keep the sketch cards going cuz if nobody wants sketch cards they won't hire us so exactly. the independents are are you know, hey, you big guys, you know, be nice to all the little people because (laughs) they're helping y'all. Okay, so, yeah.
0: Nah. Um, We'll have to touch base again after the Kickstarter kind of finishes up because I'll be curious to see, you know, how that played out. And I'd also like to hear how your, you know, your appearance at the non-sport you know, card show in Philly. Um, you know, Like I said, a lot of exotic places in the world. I'm not going to knock Philly. It's too easy to, but uh, you got to start somewhere, I think, and I think it'll be nice because I think we have one version of that show in May in the Chicago suburbs. It's not as big as the Philly one, uh, but it's still nice because you love these kind of shows. You love getting back out with folks, but I'll definitely want to see how it kind of goes, you know, as we're kind of getting out of winter into the spring and especially up there in Canada as things thaw out and, you know, yeah. you can kind of stretch your legs a little bit and get across the border. But um, at this point, finally,
1: finally we can get across I the know, border.
0: I know. Um, but I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to talk to you and Lindsay and uh, all my best uh, for the podcast. Cause like I said, I think more artists need to be highlighted. And uh, this is such a a great um, endeavor that you're on, not only with the podcast, but with the uh, with the artist sketch card books. They are phenomenal books. I can't wait to get in on this Kickstarter and uh, see more artwork from you to come. I'm I'm extremely proud of these books and I'm extremely
1: uh, thankful to everyone who's been participating in these books and all of that. It's it's been a passion project. And uh, I can't wait to see how it all turns out either. And I can't wait to, for Lindsay and I to chat with you on our podcast as
0: well. Excellent. We'll, we'll we'll table that for the discussion there. We'll do our part two. But Ingrid, it's been wonderful to have you on again and touch base. And uh, I hope, like I said, we'll put some of those links into the show notes and when we talk about the description so that way they can get in on the podcast and uh, find out more on the uh, Kickstarter and your Patreon and help support this uh, this wave of uh, content you're putting out, so excited. A
1: wave. <laughs> well, thank you so much, and it's thanks to people like you also that help us uh, that help us share all the stuff that we do, and uh, thank you also.
0: Excellent, excellent. Thank you very much. Can I offer you a libation
1: to celebrate the closing of our shared narrative?
0: Once again, my thanks to Ingrid Hardy for coming back on the program and talking about that Kickstarter, and the new podcast. Good luck on that, Ingrid. All righty, I'm going to let Card Squadron take it out, and I will talk to you soon. The Rebel Base Card podcast focuses on cards, collecting, and the Star Wars community, and appreciates you coming along for the ride. If you have any feedback for this episode, you can reach out to the program in a number of ways. You can leave a comment on the Instagram post for this episode. You can also DM Greg on
1: Instagram at Rebel Card. Make sure to also follow the Rebel Base Card on Twitter and Facebook at Rebel RebelBaseCard. If you want, you can send an email to greg
0: at rebelbasecard.com. And you can find show notes for this and all episodes on the website rebelbasecard.com. In the Star Wars Card Trader app, and just about every other one, you can find Greg at CornFedTech. The Rebel Base Card uses the hashtag #CardSquadron as a way to alert friends about cool cards and recent drops in the galaxy far, far away. It's a great way to bring our community a little bit closer together and help one another finish our sets in time. We collect, communicate, and commiserate. Well, at least when we run out of credits or crystals to spend on our digital collections. Join the fun, even if all the other cool squadron names were already taken, and remember, We collect as one, and would be honored if you join us. And if you are a sketch card artist, or Star Wars artist or collector, cosplayer, and want to talk about your work, your craft, or passion, drop Greg a line. I'm sure he'd love to hear your story. You can also help the show by leaving a comment or review on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you got this episode. Otherwise, the mission is clear. Keep those cards out of the hands of the Empire, and the Rebel Base card will return soon. The music for this podcast is brought to you under a Creative Commons license from Trent Reznor and Nine Inch Nails. This is Discipline off the album The Slip. This podcast is not affiliated in any way with Topps, Disney, or Star Wars, nor is it endorsed by Disney or Lucasfilm, and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds, and any other related items, are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders here in the U.S. and abroad. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com.